Hey guys, welcome to Hope It Helps. My guest today started his career in consulting and is now working in the influencer marketing industry. Back in 2015, he felt like he was lost and could not see a future for himself working in the corporate world. He has always had an interest in poetry and had written poems himself, which led him to create a platform and build a community where he and other poets in the region could come together to share their poetry and art with the world. And as a result, the Poetry Hood was born. His true passion, however, has always been telling stories, and after listening to multiple podcasts, he decided to create his own along with his childhood friend, Isra. The idea was to create a storytelling-based podcast that people who grew up in the Arab world could relate to, especially the millennial generation, and in 2018, the Hamburger Generation podcast was launched. During this episode, we discussed his journey of building Hamburger Generation and the poetry hood. We both share our experiences of starting a podcast and we talk about following your passion and taking that crucial first step towards the life or career you desire. So if you're someone who's interested in poetry, then be sure to check out The Poetry Hood. And if you're looking for a podcast that is super relatable and guaranteed to make you laugh, be sure to check out The Hamburger Generation Podcast. He is someone I really admire for everything he has achieved and built over the last few years. And as he says, believe in what you're doing, hate is going to hate, and most importantly, just be you. Please welcome to the show, the founder of The Poetry Hood and co-host of the Hamburger Generation podcast, the one and only Mr. Jamil Adas. Yo, yo. <laughs> welcome to the show, sir. How you doing? Good, good. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. I really appreciate it. So just to give uh, all the listeners a little background. So once upon a time, before there was Hope It Helps, <laughs> there was a session in this room, me and you sitting down for, I think we sat for like three hours. Yeah. Recorded like a mock episode. And he you, you took me through the ropes and showed me what I have to do and everything. So I've never had the chance to see you since then because of fucking Corona. Oh my God. So yeah, seriously. now that you're here, I want to say, first of all, thank Thank you so much, bro. I wouldn't have been able to start all this without you. It was really helpful, so I really appreciate it. Of course, my pleasure. It was always, awesome. always great to see a budding podcaster. Yes, sir. Becoming <laughs> an all-star podcaster. <laughs> we're trying, we're trying, we're trying to get there. So I wanted to start, I know we've spoken about a lot of things before, but I wanted to now get this on the record uh-huh. <laughs> for the world to hear. Oh, boy. So <laughs> how about, I want to start with, why don't you tell everyone, what is Hamburger Generation? How did it start? And tell us that whole story so everyone can get an idea of you know, how yeah. it all came to be. So Hamburger Generation is a podcast that I run with uh, my friend Isra Abu Zayed. Uh, basically, it's a podcast where we tell stories. It's just focused on storytelling. Uh, we find people with uh, you know interesting stories and who are good storytellers. And we bring them to Isra's living room. <laughs> yeah. which happens to be very perfect for uh, recording podcasts. And uh, yeah, we, ju- we just like uh, listen to their stories and we share our own stories as well. Uh, this whole thing started because we actually love telling stories. Me, Isra, and also her brother Mo is a very good friend of, of mine. And uh, yeah, uh, so our love for storytelling translated into us creating this podcast and also to be fair like Isra is the one who first started thinking about starting Starting this podcast yeah yeah Yeah, because she was saying uh she was getting into listening to podcasts and she asked me and Mo hey do you guys know any good podcasts so we gave her like our usual like Joe Rogan and Mm -hmm. all that she's like okay I'm into the idea of podcasts but I don't necessarily like the podcasts you guys recommended uh however I can't find anything in the Arab world that speaks to me as like a Arab westernized sort of person. Yeah, yeah. 
So she's like, I just want something casual, like something conversational and like just focused on storytelling. So uh, she sent this to a group chat that me and Mo were in. And I was like, luckily, I had been researching about starting a podcast Mm. initially. Uh, And uh, I was like, yo, I already know how to start a podcast. Why don't we do it? And I had already a couple of mics because I run another thing. Now we're diving into the other thing that yeah. I do, which is the poetry hood. Yes, sir. So I host poetry events and I luckily had like these uh, mics and mic stand and recording equipment for the poetry event. Mm. So I was able to use them for the podcast. Yeah. So I already had the equipment. So just met up one day in her, uh, <laughs> at the beginning, we started recording in her uh, swimming pool room. Okay. You know okay. how like every pool has like a little storage like, unit? Yeah, 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 where you with, put all the stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, where you put like those uh, or, like duck bubble thing that keep you floating, <laughs> and, like yeah. random and shit like that. By the way, can you curse here? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Speak curse. freely. This is your this is your show, sir. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we decided to record over there and uh, it was winter. Mm. So when we were recording there, it was fine. And then when summer came, we didn't think about like there's an air conditioner, but it was really weak. So one time we were recording there and we were literally sweating buckets, <laughs> like sweating buckets. Like, you know, if you like run in the, like run and like there's sweat yeah, like just dripping, like, dripping yeah, yeah. off your nose and ears. And the, we were like that and like, yes. And then what happened? And then what did he say? <laughs> just tensions rising as yeah. the temperature gets hotter. Yeah. And ever since then, we decided it's probably best to just record in the living room. Mm. Yeah. And how was the how was the recording in the living room? Is it like from a sound perspective? Because I remember when we when you came over the first time and you said that your room's actually pretty good for you know sound. And now that I've like recorded a couple of podcasts and I've recorded in other places, I see exactly what you're talking about. Like mm. it just sucks it in here. There's not too much echo. I recorded one, and man, all you can hear was like sound bouncing like off every surface in the world so i'm like let's just do it here man it's just easier yeah your room is actually very echo free yeah right. yeah there we go yeah yeah no not too much clap not yeah. too much clap back <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're the one with the headphones uh, yeah <laughs> this time <laughs> yeah exactly how the tables have turned <laughs> so you started hamburg generation and you guys um started it because there was nothing that you guys could you didn't find anything that you guys could relate to that spoke to you know us what was the did you plan it for be about like to be a comedy show because that's kind of like what it is and what i love about it compared to for example the podcast that i do is when i'm listening to yours i'm very like it's very it's so light-hearted and it's mm-hmm. funny you know it's a very different the vision and the aim of the podcast is completely different to mine so i really appreciate it yeah yeah it's definitely wasn't intended to be uh very serious okay yeah it was never intended to be that uh was it intended to be comedy like just comedy not really we just wanted to hear like good stories uh i guess we are people who like funny things like we 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 joke around a lot yeah so maybe that's like automatically translating to the kind of stories that are being shared on there uh but we've had a couple of serious ones we've had a guy who was uh in a plane that was hijacked oh shit and he told that story there was definitely nothing funny about that (laughs) (laughs) for sure and uh we had the story of a guy who uh who was uh what was it called uh do you have you ever heard of the freedom flotilla no it's like a movement 
of a bunch of ships that sail across Europe collecting supplies, you know, health, uh, medical supplies, food, stuff like that. And then after collecting from all these different European countries, then they sail to Gaza. Oh, wow. Okay. Defying Israel's like sanctions or mm. whatever and just sail there. Yeah. And uh, I think every single year Israel stopped them before they reached Maybe there was there was a year or two where they were successful. I'm not sure, but it's like a form of protest. So this guy, this Palestinian guy, actually went and did the whole thing, and uh, he sailed across Europe collecting stuff. So he came on the podcast and he told us that story, which was very very interesting. One of my favorite episodes, actually. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and then everything else comedy. <laughs> <laughs> These two episodes, and then 48 all comedy. <laughs> <laughs> but what? But it's so. I like that it's comedy because it's you. It's you guys. It's mm -hmm. very authentic to like you. You know, you're not trying to be like funny or whatever. This is how you guys are, and it translates, like you said, like so naturally into the podcast, which makes it a lot more like enjoyable. Like when we listen to it, yeah. like the episode last week with my father's car, or this is not your father's car. Sorry, uh. I was crying. I was. <laughs> this is hilarious. This is so funny. And the video you guys did for the Patreon, I thought that was genius <laughs> like, i absolutely loved it i watched it i'm like this is fantastic like this is them it's so you guys it's awesome uh, uh, we directed the the johnny depp in us came <laughs> out and, oh, yeah. what's like a director steven spielberg yes yes yeah. yes steven big old steve um so when you guys started the podcast it was all about just telling stories and stuff. And now you guys have been doing it for, I believe, two years almost now. It's been almost two years, two years, two years yes. 50 episodes. Mm. So how has it changed from like the early days to now? Has your vision about what it is changed? Is your vision for like what it wants changed mm. as well? Like how is it? What's the situation? Uh, vision is still the same. Uh, sharing stories, like finding good stories and good storytellers and having providing a platform for them to tell a story. And like we enjoy it. So... For us, it's already doing the job. Like yeah. The vision is for us to have a good time and listen to these stories. Uh, but also, one thing that has changed, I mean, this was something in our mind the entire time, because we were inspired by something called The Moth. The Moth, yeah. Yeah, The Moth is a podcast based in the United States. And what they do is they host live storytelling events, and mm. they record these stories. And they have so many stories that they pick the best ones and they put them on the podcast. And they're great. Like, they're fantastic. It's like there's a live audience and there's one person with a mic and telling a story. So we wanted to replicate that as well on top of the private stories that we do in yeah. Israel's living room. Mm -hmm. uh, but we tried doing that three times. I would say one out of three times it succeeded. And like two times it wasn't that great, to be honest. Mm. Um for many different reasons like one it was very difficult to find people willing to go on stage and tell a story okay uh which i always thought was very surprising because in poetry i easily find poets like there's an overflow of poets like want to tell the stories constantly telling me no they want to like perform poetry mm. on stage yeah versus storytellers to tell a story and i think i discovered that it's probably because poetry it's like a particular specific skill you yeah. know it's like you're a poet i write poetry i perform poetry whereas storytelling it's like yeah we're like every single human being is a storyteller yeah to be but fair, yeah. no one is like going around saying like i'm a professional storyteller <laughs> you know yeah yeah 
So, uh, so I think that's why a lot of people are like weirded out from like going on stage and just telling a story, mm. or or I'm just not looking in the right places. Maybe I don't know. Do you, uh, do you think yeah. it's also because sometimes, like in that example, it's like some people, you like you don't know what story to tell, and you might be a little scared. Like, oh, I don't know if I should share this. Is it too personal? Is it yeah. too? Maybe those kind of things come into play. Yeah. Well, what's ironic is. Poetry, it's supposed to be the most vulnerable, vulnerable thing yeah, yeah. you are saying on mm. stage. Whereas storytelling, you're just telling a story. Yeah. But yeah. It's, it's weird that, like you said, with poetry, it kind of fits. Like, it's, it's, you're kind of part of that package. I'm a poet, therefore. And I think, specifically with poetry, I don't think there's a big, what's the word? Like, a big platform for them. So when, you do, when they do see that opportunity, they're very willing, you know, mm. to come out and do that because they're like, now I can share like my art and like what I do with the world. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it is that actually. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys said you've done some, uh, you've done some, you mentioned like one or three, uh, three, sorry, three events, like moth type events like that were live. I remember the one you mentioned was that was really good was at someone's house, I think. Yeah. And that was the first one. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Uh, so this lovely girl, her name is Dina Khayat. I think you know her. Yes, yeah. Uh, through our friend Yazan Khayat. Yes, yes, sir. Her sister. Uh, or his sister. His sister. <laughs> Not her sister. Depends Sorry, Yazan. Depends who you ask, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Yazan. So, yeah. Uh, she, she messaged me one day and was like, I have this awesome space uh, at the roof of her house. Mm. Um, and she wanted to like use it for something cool, like a nice event. And the way she found me was through the poetry hood. Okay. So she was saying, why don't we do a poetry event, something like that. And, uh, you know, I, what we decided, concluded on was that the space might be a bit too small for a poetry event. Because a poetry event was bringing in, at the time, like 100 to 150 people. Wow, that's and, a lot. Yeah, and the space would like fit 30 to 40. Okay. So we decided to do the first hamburger generation event ever. Okay. And uh, and yeah, and we just like invited a bunch of people. We got burgers and we got storytellers. I told the story. Isra told the story, and uh, the other two storytellers were uh, George and uh, I think her name was um, wow, I forgot her name. I remember her last name, Nasriya. Okay. Yeah, Dina's friend. Yeah. And yeah, we all told our stories, and it was great. It was fantastic. Very like wholesome. Everyone's like close together yeah. you know pre-corona <laughs> yeah pre-corona yeah. for sure yeah literally people were like huddled to next, right next to each other on chairs and like people sitting on the floor mm. and yeah it was it was awesome it sounds like a very like intimate setting very intimate which is what i think a storytelling event should be like you don't think it should be like to like like a mass like 100 people or so on. if you can great but exactly. it loses that 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 energy you know of like that Maybe it's, maybe it's appreciation. I don't know what it is, but mm. so there's something about it. So what what I noticed from the events is that if it's an intimate setting, it could be an intimate setting with like 200 people, like close together and like focused on the stage. But what I noticed from some of the events that we had that weren't very successful is that a lot of people weren't like engaged or like listening to the storyteller because they were like distracted. And also the setting, like you need you need the light to be directed like on the stage mm. and everything is dark yeah so that's you, the center of attention exactly so that people are just focused on what is being said on the stage and not like distracted by anything else yeah did you feel did you feel like as people were telling stories was was it 
quiet or like was were like people having like conversations like in between like about like what you know like oh like look at the story no conversation nothing yeah yeah, yeah yeah you're just telling a story and people are reacting to exactly what is being told yeah, a lot of laughing yeah <laughs> a lot of <gasps> i can't believe that how could he <laughs> Is it hard for you? Because I I watched your yours uh, at the moth, which I thought was hilarious. And that, that, oh man, that's, that's a story a, and yeah, a half. Yeah, that's a story and a half indeed. <laughs> that's a fantastic story, and I know you guys talked about it on uh, one of the podcast episodes yeah. as well. So if you guys haven't, please check it out. It's hilarious. <laughs> but man, you're fucking good at telling stories, man. Like you just and I because I know the back like the background to that story. Mm. So like I'm like you just went up and you did that, and it was like nine ten minutes or something like the yeah. story and. Like it was the timing, the delivery. It was very natural. Like, have you always done like been something you enjoyed, or is this something you worked on? Or I've always loved telling stories, and I've always loved listening to stories. Okay. Like now that I'm doing Hamburger Generation with Isra, I look back into my life and I'm like, wait, this is like something I've always actually like really enjoyed. Mm-mm. And uh, I'm sure a lot of people as well. You know, uh, like as I remember when we were like a bit younger like maybe university days or a bit after something happens to me you know like something cool or something exciting or weird or funny yeah i'm already like right after it's finished i'm already like oh my, how am i gonna tell this to mo and isra like oh well okay yeah I'll, I'll mention this part here and i'll mention that part there like subconsciously you know like so i think it's something that has been in me for forever and I think it's the same with Mo, and I think it's the same with Isra, which got us to where we are. Yeah. yeah. So it's re- it's really interesting that that's so funny that when you hear like something happens to you, you're naturally already thinking about what's the best way I would want to tell this story, and what's the to have like I guess the biggest effect, or like you know for you to get mm-hmm. like exactly like what I felt and like what happened. And yeah. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, I gotta mention this part. This part is so funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But like we do, I think we do it without even like thinking about it, you know? Yeah. Uh, but only now that I'm looking back into my life, it's like, oh yeah, I was doing that. Mm. But honestly, I also don't consider myself to be a great storyteller. Like I just consider, like that story that you listened to, Yeah. it is so refined. Yeah, like, <laughs> I'm sure, yeah. I've told it like I think three times on stage. Yeah. So that was the third time that you were watching. Okay. So also like... I shared it with, I've told it new, like n- countless number of times to like personal friends, you yeah. know, just one on one. And I've told it to Isra and we were like, started like thinking like, oh yeah, this part, no, yeah, I gotta take this part out, like add this part. <laughs> so yeah, it takes a lot of, uh, a lot of like editing, yeah. let's say. Yeah, know? it does. It's funny how over time, like stories and even like memories, the more you repeat it, the more it like changes. Like I said it to one mm-hmm. person, the first person that hears is probably what the truest maybe version of what happened. And then because after a while and people keep asking about it and keep sharing the story, you're like, there's no need to share that part. Uh-huh. And I can leave this, this, like this is the gist of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah it evolves. You, you know what they call it in Arabic? No. Baherha. <laughs> Spice it up, baby. <laughs> so you guys, um, so with the storytelling, when you guys started, it was you and Isra, and you're guessing you started like your close friends and whatever, whoever was willing to come on and share a story. Yeah. So as it's grown, as the, as the podcast has like built up now and you guys have a much bigger audience, how did how do you go about picking your guests is there like a process that you guys go through or do people reach out to you or do you reach out to people like walk us through how that how that kind of comes mm. together so to be honest it's very like haywire like we don't we don't have like a particular process mm. uh 
uh, it's just we love it when people reach out to us and are like, oh yeah, I have a story and I want to tell it. Like on your podcast, this, this like beyond flatters us. You know, we're like, this is amazing. Yeah, you're honored. Yeah, people are actually you know interested in coming on, and I like to see a bit of the like you know courage and bravery, like just to be reach out and be like, yeah, I'm gonna share this and I'm gonna be on the podcast. Mm. And we've I don't we've never rejected anyone to come on. You know, uh, so what did I want to say? Yeah, and then the other way is just our networking. So I just, you know, just think in the past, who told me like a good story recently? Uh, if I hear a good story, I I quickly tell them, yo, I have a podcast, blah, blah, blah. Would you be interested to tell your story on our podcast? Yeah. Uh, so we're just constantly alert for any good stories around us. Mm. Also, we have another type of episode. It's called Burger Stories. Okay. So a Burger Stories episode is we agree on a, th- a on a particular theme. Okay. So let's say marriage. Sure. So me, Isra, Mo, and or and whoever, whichever guest that we're bringing on, uh, must come up with a story that happened to them in real life and uh, personal experience related in one way or another to marriage. For okay. example. Okay. So our friend Yasmin yeah, Johari, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she came on the podcast. That was a Burger Stories episode about uh, the accidents, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was yeah. stories about uh, a moment where you almost died. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I had a story. Isra had a story. My brother Rami had a story, and Yasmin had a story. Okay. And for you personally, do you have any preference for? Do you prefer the like more normal, like the natural ones that are just, you know, someone comes up to you guys with a story or do you like it when it's a theme, when it's themed and, you know, everyone has to kind of come up with their own thing, which do you, for you personally, like, what are you, what are you enjoying? Personally, I'm yeah. a sucker for the theme ones. You got a theme? Yeah. Uh, okay. I love the theme ones because it's so laid back and if you don't have a good story, you can still, like, if you have a so-and-so story, you can still share your story and it's like no pressure. Someone else will have a better story and mm-hmm. the content is there. Yeah. So it's a bit less stressful, as in like you're coming to tell your story and your story only. Make it count. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually a very interesting point that, because I would have thought the other, I would have thought the other way would have been more laid back than that because that one is themed. So I'm like, I have to like talk oh, yeah. about this and I have to, I guess, mm-hmm. say it in a certain way to match like this theme or like to present mm-hmm. it in the best way. Whether in the others, the other way, when a normal episode is a bit more open yeah free flow you know like just how it is yeah yeah exactly well i guess then you i would say that the preparation to the themed story Mm. is a bit more yeah uh, tedious than the the one that's just like you have a story and you tell it do you guys do any prep for you know like beforehand for your episodes like for example you met someone they had a great story you told them okay i'd like to bring you what would you be comfortable sharing on the podcast they said yes from your end do you guys do any prep for that episode or it's very just Come and yeah, just come and come and do it. Uh, we do a little bit of prep. Uh, we send them a message. We tell them what the podcast is all about, uh, and we tell them our two like you know golden stone written rules are that the story you're sharing must be true, and it must be a personal experience. Okay. Uh, and and then we give them advice on like what a story is, because we've had cases where someone came and you know told the story, but it wasn't really a story. It was just like, I tripped and fell. Okay. You know, like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like a story has to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. Mm. Like, uh, and like, ideally, there has to be a, you know, a, what do you call that? 
like a closing, like learning, uh, more a moral to the story. Like, yeah, like end. a message at the yeah. end. Like, what yeah. was this all about? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, ideally, mm. sometimes it doesn't have to be. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so we we kind of like advise them on or uh, teach them on what like what make sure they know what a story is, mm-hmm. uh, so that it's a successful recording. Yeah, and uh, we also send them examples of episodes. Uh, to listen so to get an idea of how did this person share the story so they have an idea of how do i want to craft and share this exactly okay exactly okay also it i feel like it's also good because they see how laid back it is and they become less stressful yeah that's true because uh well something i've noticed um with my podcast is and a lot of the guests i've had recently when we record this is the first time we've ever met Mm. You know what I mean? So it's a very... So not only are you... You uh, need to break the ice. Yeah, not only do you need to break the ice, but you have to, like, it's one thing to, like, have a good recording together, but it's also, you know, that chemistry. And also, a lot of people ask, I've noticed before, like, what's the topic going to be about? Are there any questions? And I'm always mm-hmm. like, guys, listen, there, this, these are the topics. You know, I already know what I want to talk to them about because usually whatever you do, that's what the theme of the episode is going to be. But whatever you do is probably related to what I'm interested in, like whatever it might be, personal development, growth, like whatever, whatever the case, relationships. Mm-hmm. And then they, then they ask, are there any questions? Uh, do I need to prepare? I'm like, you can, need can to I do read, nothing. Can I read the questions before we start? <laughs> yeah, some, no, some, people, some people want that. Honestly, yeah. some people want that. They want to have... Do you share the questions before you start sometimes? I tell them, I'm like, listen, I have the questions. There's nothing you need to prepare from your end. If yeah. you want to have the questions beforehand, I'm more than happy to share them with you. Okay, if it makes you feel comfortable. It's, again, it's down to you. Whatever you think will make you... Because it's interesting that it's one thing as the host to want to want it to go well but i've also noticed that the guests your guests also want to mm. do their best also for the recording yeah and a lot of people i've had some people it's the first time ever being on a podcast so they're really like oh i want this i want to come across in the best way <laughs> yeah. as well so it's really interesting this needs to be a plus yeah yeah exactly yeah <laughs> but it's funny how it's funny that you think it's just you know one-sided but then like as time goes on as you meet new people as you see how the reactions are from other people everyone's mm. like I also want to do, I want this to be good, which is nice, which helps me. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. You got to appreciate that. No, I do. I do a lot. And I've met some like amazing, amazing. If you told me when I started this, the people who I would have interviewed like by now, half of them I've never even met before. It's all come in like the last like two months, you know, meeting people, connecting with people. So it's been awesome. Yeah. One of the nicest things about having a podcast is you have a reason. To, to invite people over and just have a chat with them and yeah, get to yeah. know them exactly yeah. yeah yeah and i think like <laughs> imagine a world where like in the future it becomes taboo to ask people like hey want to go have coffee and like get to know each other it's like Ugh, do you even have a podcast <laughs> like invite me to your podcast why the hell would i go have, have coffee with you that's like, where it's going huh fucking weirdo <laughs> So when you guys, so in terms of the, uh, what do you call it? The uh, coming back to the prep, and you guys recently started to, you recently got on Patreon, right? Yes. Started doing a Patreon page, and whoever's listening, go support them. You get exclusive T-shirts, you get uh, content, you get a T-shirt, you get stickers. Like, what more do you want? Yeah. <laughs> so, what was the reason that you guys decided to go on Patreon and you mm. know give it? Give me the motivation behind all that yeah okay so we reached 50 episodes and that was a lot of hard work for two years 
It's a milestone. Yeah, hell yeah. I mean, I remember at the beginning when we were, me and the Sao were recording, we, were, we, were, we talked about like our 100th episode. Like, whoa, it would be so crazy when we get to 100. And then we we're like, okay, that seems so far from now. Okay, we will be so crazy if we get to 50. <laughs> and uh, here we are. We're at 50 episodes. And uh, yeah, we haven't seen a lot of like money income except through like, uh, we've we done a couple of events where we were paid. Okay. Uh, that was great. So that supported the podcast. And also we had one advertising deal throughout the past two years. One advertising deal. Yeah, you said you mentioned you had one You had one ad on the podcast. It was a glass, glasses? Yeah. Glasses, right? Iowa. Yeah. Iowa. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still promoting them. Uh-huh. Yeah, keep plugging it in. <laughs> Come back. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, so, so that like supported the podcast in terms of fi- financially. But we want something like more sustainable so that we can like start growing the podcast. And right now we publish two episodes, oh, sorry, one episode every two weeks. Yeah. And, you know, we want to create an episode every week. Like we want to be, the motivation is there, but it's just like you also have your personal life. Like yeah. a full-time job, Israel with full-time raising kids yeah, and yeah. family. And I'm also doing the poetry hood. It's just you cannot anymore, you know, unless unless you have a reason to be like, okay, I have all these people supporting us financially, so we owe it to them to put out an episode every week. Yeah. So that's why on the Patreon we have a goal. Like if we ever in the foreseeable future hit $1,000 every month uh, in support, then we will start publishing an episode every week. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and then another way is that uh, another reason, sorry, is that people like we've noticed people like actually give us a lot of encouraging messages on Instagram, and they're just like, "We love what you're doing," blah blah blah. And we've had one or two people actually say, "How can we support you?" We've had one or two people notice the shirts, and we're like, "Can I buy the shirt?" And we actually ended up sending them for free. Should have never done that. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. That that will in the long term those those actions yeah. will come back tenfold. So don't worry about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, no, I joke. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so we we decided to know. Okay, people are asking for like when for ways to support us. So here's the way. And that's it. Yeah. I think you made a good point about. Especially for you guys, like you said, Sarah's got kids, career, you got your job, you got poetry hood, and you got, again, your personal life. So to make it a weekly thing is a commitment. Big one. Yeah, it's a big one. You know what I mean? Like I can say putting out one a week has been, I mean, knock on wood so far, I haven't missed a week, but I, the analogy I would use is like, I'm running a race, right? Mm. And there's, I'm running to a checkpoint. But every week, that checkpoint gets closer yes. and closer and closer. So, like, I remember, I think it was episode, I think episode five. Me and you were actually talking that day. It was right when uh, Corona started. And mm. you were talking about, man, like, I don't know which content to use for, like, this week. And I was like, man, I don't have, yeah. like, the audio for this week. Like, we're <laughs> like, what should we do and stuff? I remember, and it was supposed to come out the next day. Like, that was, it was a Saturday, it was a Friday night. It was supposed to come out Saturday. Luckily, I was able to record that night with my cousin. Mm. and put it out the next day but i remember that stress and that was only episode like five so like <laughs> now like that stress has or the that pressure i feel i've maybe i've just put it on myself has like 
doubled or tripled because it's been 17 weeks now. So I'm like, so everyone's mm. like, oh, you did it 17 times. There should be 18, 19, 20. Exactly. You, know, you shouldn't be missing. So it's when your audience builds an expectation to your show, you cannot like, uh, uh, what's the word? Like, let them down. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because like said- otherwise you lose this continuity. Because you, me, as an as a fan of your podcast, I expect, you know, on every Friday when I'm taking that sh- Friday shower <laughs> to be listening to Hope It Helps. <laughs> exactly. And if you disappoint me one Friday, uh, next Friday I'm be like, screw this guy, man. <laughs> I'm not even going to check if he put out a new he episode. He doesn't even care about me. That's why he didn't put out this episode. <laughs> Khaled, don't you care about my showers? <laughs> I, my podcast listening and enjoying my showers? I care about everyone's showers. I care. <laughs> um, Shout out to all those people listening to us right now in their showers. Yes. <laughs> So for you guys, uh, you've been doing it once every, uh, looking back, once every two weeks. Yeah. And for you, for you, like looking back, in terms of a time frame, is that comfortable for you? Is it easy in that time to find new guests to bring on, to have new content? Like, do you guys have a schedule of like, okay, we want to do like one recording a week to like give us some leeway, you know, a couple mm-hmm. of, get some recordings in the bank, you know, for the future. So how, does, how do you guys work around that? Yeah, it comes in waves. So like we'd have a week where we record twice and that would be amazing. Like, okay, we got, we got some bank now. Yeah. And then the next week one, and it's like, okay, we still got that extra bank. Um, but sometimes it's just like, you know, it's dry and you just, for the life of you, can't find the story or a good storyteller. Uh, so it's, it really comes in waves and we're like just <laughs> it's the universe you know like the universe tells us whether there's a story or no yeah 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 uh, we, and we try to invite some people and we have you know we have a, a bunch of friends and we it's always in the back of my mind like oh yeah I know I know Fuad has that good story so you know like at some point when we when we need a story and we don't have one we just call Fuad like come tell that story that we've always wanted you to tell yeah or Mo, or me, or Isra. I guess that's a really nice thing about your podcast because it's about storytelling, right? And we all have, each person like has 10 million stories that they could tell. So it's, you don't need to necessarily have a new guest necessarily. You need to True. have a new story. Dude, the number of times Mo was on the podcast yeah, Mo, as a guest. I, <laughs> Mo, Mo has been killing it. And he's got some great stories. Man. Yeah, Mo has really good stories. I agree. Yeah. That is why he keeps coming back on the podcast. Yeah, I don't blame you, man. I love listening to his stories. Um, so with the Patreon thing, I was thinking about, okay, they started Patreon. I, I now understand why. How did you guys go about in terms of like what you wanted to like offer? Like how did you guys start thinking about what could we offer to our audience for, for the people who are supporting us? Because I saw, I know there's different tiers. My favorite one was the thousand dollar one to be your, to be your and Israel's only friend, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, my, my, my best friend position is up for sale, guys. Yeah, it's up for sale, a thousand dollars a month. It's, it's, it's worth it, it's worth it. So how did you guys start thinking about like the content and what you wanted to like put out? And stuff? Yeah, we just thought of like, what can we offer? They're really like, that's all it is. Uh, and we're also excited, you know, like, okay, so for example, we, we come and uh, we start recording with, you know, a random storyteller. And sometimes our story deviates to, to another story. Mm. And that other story is good. It's not bad. But it's like, it cannot be their standalone. Like, it, it needs to be its own story. Okay. It cannot be with the main story that our storyteller was telling. Mm. So we have a bunch of those different, like, short mini stories. So we've, I've collected them. And 
we want to put them out as exclusive content. We've always like thought, and oh, someday we'll use it somehow, one way or another. So we thought, why don't we use it as exclusive content for our Patreon? And uh, and yeah, that's that's what we do. So uh, so for example, on our Patreon right now, our first post, our first exclusive post, is a story. Let me try and remember this. <clears throat> I think it was a story about Mo. Uh, when he was using like Zomato Gold. Okay. So Zomato Gold had this, uh, sorry, the BOGO. It was called BOGO. Buy one, get one okay. on Zomato. Okay. Uh, okay, I'm not going to like tell the story right now because it's, <laughs> it's yeah. going to sound lame. You got to support it. Yeah. Got to support first. You got to support and find out. But like it was a story <laughs> that was, you know, told in between the main story that he was telling. Yeah, it just came up. Yeah, it just came up. Exactly. So I cut it out from the initial recording from the main episode so, but i had that recording so now we just use it on patreon okay interesting yeah and when it comes to the um because i like i follow you guys and like the social i love the social media posts that you guys do on instagram it's mm. always funny mm, it's yeah. always hilarious so credit ha- credit to isra on that one isra is the one that handles all like the social media stuff or is it uh, uh, she both? handles most of the instagram so instagram stories it's a Isra, okay. like 90 percent of the time yeah yeah and you guys have like a schedule like a schedule of like how often to post what to post because i you post quite like there's a lot of content out there that you guys are putting out on a weekly basis but i, I don't know about the or i'm not aware of the consistency is there a plan behind it or is it just uh it's it's uh like everything we do it's like a suedo plan you know like yeah. half plan half not plan <laughs> okay. but uh if you look at our uh feed or whatever our our page mm. there's that uh what do you call it? Like the snippet from the podcast yeah. with like a cool visual yeah. and like with the title. Uh, so we put that after every two posts. So like they line up together. Ah, I see. So on the feed, it's like when you look at it, yeah. it's all it's consistent. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So we always have like two posts that we have to come up with something. Mm. Maybe one post, something related to the story. Yeah. And then like a meme post. Yeah, yeah. We love posting memes. We're obsessed with memes. Yeah, I've noticed. Yeah. <laughs> one of the benefits, by the way, on Patreon is that if you support us, we add you to our private, exclusive VIP meme page. Yes. <laughs> meme page, a meme sharing Instagram group. Awesome. That's uh, awesome, man. No, some of the memes you guys put, like the one uh, that really like I started laughing was, I think it was Aid. Mm. And like when your father says like it's time for like to eat or like some shit i can't remember what the post was but i just started laughing because it's so like <laughs> re- like relatable mm. to like so many people and i started thinking about your podcast is very specific to like a certain demographic in terms of like the arab world and so on so is, right. would the focus be in the future is it something that you want to grow potentially like to a wider audience or is it or is it the main focus to just keep focusing on like the Arab world because I guess that's what people it's most relatable to because mm-hmm. a lot of the stories have that that touch to it yeah yeah I mean at the end of the day I think pretty much everyone that came on the podcast uh, was an Arab okay yeah and everyone was speaking in English we haven't had an Arabic content we haven't had Arabic content yet yeah uh, but funnily enough, just recently, like last week, we recorded our first ever Arabic, full-on Arabic story. No way! Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so uh, with uh, our friend Fadis. Okay. So yeah, and at the same time, Mo told another story. Uh, so it's like sort of a bigger stories episode. Okay. 
about marriage. Okay. And uh, Mo told the story uh, in English. In English, okay. Yeah, so I don't know, maybe we'll cut them up. We'll have an, an Arabic episode for the first time ever. No. But then what goes on in my mind is if we put an Arabic episode now, is that going to be the expectation now? Yeah, is that are, are people going to be like, okay, when are they going to post another Arabic episode? Yeah. But the thing is, it's been very challenging finding Arabic storytellers telling stories in Arabic. Yeah. Perhaps it's because I speak English most of the time. I, yeah. uh, honestly, uh, I'm the same. So when me and Hiba were speaking, shout out Hiba, by the way. Shout out. Um, she was saying that the turning point for Kurdish cultures was when they started actually adding Arabic. You know, and that's I'm when sure. and that's when everything took like a whole like it took Korean cultures to like a different level. Really? Yeah, yeah. Interesting. I, yeah, I thought that was really interesting as well. But it just shows that there's especially in our part of the world, there's such a demand for that kind of content. Hundred percent. I believe it. Yeah. Uh what's it called? Like based on our podcast, our number one listening country is Saudi Arabia. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. And Saudi Arabia and I think that might be the case for a lot of people, a lot yeah. of podcasts. Uh, and Saudi Arabia obviously has a lot of people who just speak Arabic and like English is not like their uh, well a well spoken language yeah, yeah. for them. So yeah, and also I work in influencer marketing and I yes, yeah, yeah. and I see all these YouTubers who like do their content all in Arabic of course mm. and they get like massive amounts of views and that's cuz there are a lot of people in our region who speak Arabic and like True. who watch things in Arabic yeah, only yeah. in Arabic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was it's funny I was cuz I previously didn't think I would do any Arabic episodes. Mm. I just didn't feel like natural to me, but I had a conversation with my dad recently and we were talking about it and then like after we spoke he just made me see it in like a different light and gave me like a new perception on it. So Why what did he say? It's just he's like he made a good point that especially in our part of the world, like mm. there is a big demand for that kind of content. So, you know, why not? Why not? Because definitely will not be like the standard, like at all. But every once in a while, maybe it might be cool or interesting to like throw in like an Arabic, a purely, you know, Arabic episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you guys did the... Um, your 50th episode uh, i missed the, i missed what you guys did by i saw the next day like what you guys did you did an instagram live was it mm. oh yeah yeah uh, that wasn't related to the 50th episode that was funny story like isra <laughs> isra being isra just decided to put a countdown on our instagram story okay yeah no plan whatsoever just <laughs> put a countdown okay like ooh, get excited guys something like that and there's a countdown for like i don't know like three hours okay and I had initially planned on going to meet Isra at her house because we wanted to record the Patreon video. Okay. So we'll go there and she's like, Jamil, you got to help me, man. I put, that, I put this countdown and I have no plan whatsoever <laughs> what to do. So we got to come up with something to give them as soon as it's zero. And I'm like, what? Uh, why don't you plan yeah, before like, you put the countdown? Just a bit of a heads up would have been cool. Maybe <laughs> I could have thought of something. So we sat there like scratching our heads after, you know, we did our Steven Spielberg directed uh, movie of uh, begging people for money for, on Patreon. Uh, we sat there scratching our head and we're like, okay, I guess the only thing we can really do is like do an Instagram live. We've always wanted to do one, so mm. let's just do one. We just see what happens. We were kind of nervous. We're like, oh man, not a lot of people will come, and like, we're gonna finally see that we're not popular. <laughs> but I don't know, like 10 people were there. I was like, that's actually better than what I thought. I was like expecting way less. Yeah. 
so yeah at some point there was like 20 and then goes down to like 15 and then 10 Mm. and over there we announced our patreon and we started talking about how excited we are for the 50th episode things like that yeah but it wasn't really about the 50th it wasn't really okay yeah yeah. okay yeah because I've never done I've never done like an Instagram live thing, and I know you guys are we're recording the video right now. Yeah, what's up? <laughs> so was it because like because I remember last time we spoke, you said once you added video, mm. you felt at the beginning at least you're a bit more self conscious because yeah. like now you're not just hearing what I'm saying, you're like seeing how I'm like act, what, <laughs> what are my facial expressions like, and so all that true. stuff. So when you did the live. There's no, like, the way, the way I'm thinking about it, I'm like, when you did the live, it's the video thing that you guys do usually, but unedited, yes. raw, yeah. you know what I mean? So did you feel uncomfortable? Was it a bit weird? Like, everyone's like, this it's, is now. Like, this is not like... It's different. It's definitely different. Mm, but, yeah. like, it's very laid back, so you just don't even care, even if you mess up. Yeah. And there's, like, literally just 10 people watching, so it's not like a 1,000 people are watching or anything like that. Uh, but, yeah, no, it was very casual. Very casual? Yeah. And we're just like sitting there. Dude, it's like funny. Like, you just got the screen and me and it's not squeezing our heads into the screen. Like, huh? What do you guys want us to say now? Give us questions. <laughs> I think we need to do a bit of research before we do our next live. The next live, yeah. Like, yeah, we got to come up with something. Yeah. When you look back um, on the podcast, what is the, over the past two years, what is the, what do you think the biggest miscon- misconception mm. people have about, starting a podcast because mm. i definitely had some I- an idea of like what a podcast is but now after you know doing it for a couple months like it's completely different i have a completely different outlook on it okay so tell tell me what is your outlook on it so when i first before i started the podcast i think i thought it's mm. just i was just two mics two people sitting down having a conversation yeah easy easy peasy <laughs> nothing to worry about you know and I guess it depends on the type of podcast you want to make as well, but I've learned that it's like it's a beast of its own. Mm. You know, like you have to, especially as the host, you're the one that needs to manage the whole thing. You know, yeah, you got to mediate it. Exactly, you got to mediate. You got to mediate the questions. You got to make the guest feel as comfortable and open uh, to have, like, to share with you as possible. There's so much more that's than it. Uh, its essence. Okay, yes, it's two people sitting down, two mics having a conversation, but all the underlying things behind it and then promoting a podcast editing a podcast like mm. these are things i never even knew about before before i started i thought i was like yeah record and post it's not but it's not like that at all yeah totally true uh i would i would focus a lot on the point of making your guest feel comfortable mm-hmm. uh because at the end of the day yes it is just two mics but there's there's something that happens in our brain between like two people sitting on a table and just talking and then put a mic there and click the record button and you see that you know that red light that red yeah. light that red circle like flashing like everything you are saying is being recorded yeah and like people something will hear yeah, yeah something goes in your brain it's like huh <laughs> like my back is straight <laughs> my posture is good yeah, yeah. and i'm not relaxed <laughs> exactly uh, so you, you as the guest or uh, sorry you as the host need to like you know, pat them on the back, be like, no, don't worry, it's fine. It's all good, yeah. It's fine. Yeah, and that's the thing I try to tell, I try to tell people, I'm like, 
when people are, like new guests are coming on are coming back to the questions they're like what's the topic i'm like this is the topic what are the questions i'm like if you want i can send them to you whatever but mm. i try to make it clear to them or try to project like show to them that at the end of the day there's no structure to this like to our conversation i have some questions that i would like to ask about the questions have some type of a structure mm. but at the end of the day it's just a free-flowing conversation. You yeah. know, there's no like... You deviate. Yeah, there's no stress. We can move around, whatever, as you want. Just try to keep it as chilled and like relaxed as mm. possible. And then at the end of the day, you know, <laughs> this might seem a bit like controversial, but at the end of the day, you're just a nobody. Like uh, whatever you're saying is like... Some people will care. Some people won't. True. You won't become Denzel Washington after this recording. <laughs> Neither will you die. Yeah, exactly. So the risk is kind of low. So just yeah, enjoy and have a conversation. That's that's a good lesson, life lesson. Yep. Like whatever you do, you're not gonna become Denzel. Yep. And well, you might die if you do certain things, but <laughs> nothing's gonna happen in a podcast recording that dramatic. Yeah. Did you have you felt that over time now over the last like two years with you guys doing the podcast that you've changed as like like you've learned a lot from actually doing a podcast i believe that i changed yes yeah it has changed me yeah, yeah. and what in what way i i think i became way more you know confident in uh in speaking mm-hmm. like and i notice you know when i tell a story or talk to someone and tell them about something that happened to me i'm more aware of the story that is like lingering in the air so when I'm telling the story, also when someone's telling me a story or someone is telling a story to a group setting, there is a story being told. Like I, this is how I picture it. It's mm. a story in the middle, in the midst of us, mm. that is being formed and told. And you, as the listener, have a job to, you know, listen attentively, of course, but also the comments that you throw in while the storyteller is telling their story builds the story. Yeah. So you are, in fact, a storyteller as a listener as well. Okay, I see what you mean. Because yeah. your your contribution will add more like, to the story. weight and value to the story. Exactly. Mm. So, and you know, I feel like it it hurts when I see this, but like I feel like some people might not be great listeners sometimes because their comments kind of don't build the story. So instead of building the story, it kind of slashes away from the story. In what, like, in, in what way do you have like a, not, I'll give you an specific, example yeah, an example yeah I'm not, not a specific example but more like a, <laughs> not a specific example but more like of an example that I see happening sometimes yeah so someone would be telling a story okay like I'm sure everyone hates this someone telling a story and someone jumps in and like predicts what's gonna happen oh and then and then the door was closed and you couldn't get in right like, I got you dude let the guy tell his story. Let me close the door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let him say that the door was closed and yeah. he couldn't do anything. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, that takes away from the story because you're like the storyteller should have the final, uh, you know, um, what do you call that? The punchline. Let's yeah. Say. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. actually a very, very good point because I've not when you you saying that now, I think naturally it's just a natural thing. People, I don't think people mean mean to like cut off people, but yeah, they might not mean harm. Yeah, I, for sure. I, but it does. But I've noticed, like, even like I do that sometimes too. And then, oh yeah, and then that, and then you just. See, but you mentioned that's a very true that the person's like, yeah, but it's not. It's not the same as if I said it to you. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. If someone else predicted it, it's like, ah, uh, is that what happened? And then you're like, yeah, that's actually exactly what happened. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, there's no, there's no, there's it. You've killed the story dead. Yeah. You've interrupted the flow of it. Exactly. Yeah um yeah yeah do you think it would be different 
if you were doing the podcast yourself and just like a one-on-one podcast compared mm-hmm. to like what you and Isra do very different yeah yeah I'm so thankful that it's me and Isra and not me by myself well I mean I do the the poetry hood yeah. there's a podcast for the poetry hood oh there is yeah okay so well, what's that one called just put the poetry the hood. poetry hood okay or in Arabic okay yeah it's definitely not near as popular as hamburger generation yet <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, yeah that one I it's just me I sit down one on one with a po- any poet that I know and uh, we just talk about poetry or anything related to literature or even like personal stories in their development as writers yeah. you know st- stuff like that and that one is adds a lot of more a lot more stress to me yeah. rather than when it's just me and the slot yeah uh, and I guess also the the type of the show is a bit more like interviewee yeah. Than yeah. Uh, than just like chilling out, talking, having a conversation. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, with Isra, great uh, social lubricant. Yeah. You know, when a new guest comes, I, sometimes I don't have, I got nothing to say, and Isra is just like talking, and sometimes the other way around. Yeah. You guys, you you guys have amazing chemistry between you two. You bounce off each other so naturally and so mm-hmm. well. So like, I can imagine. It does take a lot of the, like you said, the, the stress like off your shoulders when it's just like you mm. and like one other person and like you have to manage the whole thing. You have to come <laughs> up with the questions. You have to keep this conversation interesting. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And I mean, me and the have been, you know, childhood friends. Exactly. Yeah. Same with Mo. So I'd say that's where the chemistry comes from. Yeah. 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 So you guys, yeah, you know how, you know how each other work, you know how each other think, yeah. like how it all goes together. Let's come back to the poetry hood. Mm. So I know we touched on it briefly at the beginning, but to everyone else who doesn't know what it is, tell us what's the poetry hood and why did you start the poetry hood? Yeah, so the poetry hood is a poetry initiative I started five years ago. Um, so I started it because I had some poetry written or or like, let's start like this. I'll tell you the full story. Sure. So I was in a bad place in my life five years ago. Okay. I was in a job that I hated and I I saw no uh no bright future for myself like I was down a path that I didn't want to be in uh and also I was stressed out because I was doing something called the CPA CPA exam is like a, a accountancy thing right Exactly mm-hmm. it's a license uh for accountants and it's like for gruesome difficult exams mm. that I was studying for and I just a lot of stress and not a, in a good place in my mental state so I sat there one day and I told myself I want to take just one step just one step towards the right direction so I sat there thinking of something to start or something to do and I looked at I had like a couple of poems written in the past and I've always been uh, shy about about them and I've always and I've never wanted to say you know this is me. I wrote this. I had a blog, an online blog, but excuse me. I went under a pseudonym. Okay. The most corniest <laughs> pseudonym you'll ever hear Tell in your life. Uh, oh my god! Did it just escape my mind? Uh, oh yeah, pondering thoughts. <laughs> pondering thoughts. <laughs> what did you read? My pondering thoughts. <laughs> Uh, and uh, so I went under that pseudonym amazing Uh, (laughs) fantastic (laughs) and uh, what's it called 
Yeah, so I sat there looking at these poems and uh, pondering thoughts, and I'm like, why can't I say that I actually wrote this? Like, I looked at it, and I read it, and I'm like, this is actually not that bad. Like, I kind of like it. So then I started thinking, there's probably a lot of other people going through the same exact problem, too shy, too afraid of saying, like, that I wrote this or whatever. So in my head, I was like, okay, so for me to solve this problem for myself and solve it at the same time for many other people, why don't I create a cool poetry sharing platform? Okay. You know, no more like, yeah, just that. So I came up with the name right there and then. I was like, okay, Dubai Poetics. It wasn't the poetry hood then. I was just focused on the UAE. So I came up with Dubai Poetics right there and then. Bought the website, DubaiPoetics.com. And I just put out an, uh, you know, an ad or like a, uh, an announcement. If you have a poem that you want to share and see on our uh, page, uh, send it to poetry at DubaiPoetics.com. And I also added another layer to it. I thought it would be really cool if you have a picture, a visual for each poem representing the poem. Okay. And I would get visual artists to work on each poem that I receive. And it's just, you know, like... I I got into like this flow state, you know, where it's just like time didn't exist and I'm just like working on this thing and it invigorated me. Like, even though I still had to study for the CPA. (laughs) But it gave you that that thing or you were finally doing something that you're passionate about that you genuinely love doing. Like you said, you're in a flow state. When you're in flow, you're not really, like you said, not thinking about time. You're just doing the work and you're happy to do it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, energy's flowing. You're just like, oh, yeah, and then I can do that. And then I can do that. And then I can do that. Dude, it's like I've done things I thought I would never in my life, like even imagine myself doing. Like, even when I started DubaiPoetics.com, I was like looking into like what goes on in the world of poetry. And I see, of course, a lot of people performing poetry on the stage. Even while I was doing it, I was like, I am never going to do that. Like, I'm never going to go on stage and perform a poem. Really? Yeah, like I was like, this is so out of my world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I cannot imagine me doing this. But man, it's insane. Like now I just go and perform on stage poetry like after obviously it took like many years but man years change a person yeah you become someone completely different 100 percent. so uh yeah so that's how it started and i started getting submissions like te- at least 10 submissions every month and it started flowing like every month putting out an edition 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 and then got some some form of following uh, and then I think a breakthrough moment was uh, when I met uh, a close friend of mine. Her name is Farah Shamma. Okay. She's a huge, uh, a huge name in the world of poetry. She she performs and writes and all that. And uh, we, she she agreed to co- come and perform at an event if I host one. So okay. I was like, okay, so now I've got to host an event. Like, mm, this sounds yeah. cool. Like, and then other poets were even, like, s- expressing their interest in performing. So I decided to, uh, I also, also what was a game changer as well was meeting a friend of mine. His name is uh, Najib. Uh, he's the owner of a restaurant cafe called uh, One Life. Okay. Um yeah, and he was telling me how he wants to have like an event at his uh, at his restaurant, and then I was like, "Well, I've been actually mulling over doing a poetry event. Would you want that?" And he he was like excited about the idea, and it's just like 
that again that energy was flowing again and you're back into flow state and you're like yeah and then we can do this i visit his restaurant like where can we set the stage blah 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 um and yeah that's that was our first event and we had like over 100 people show up and i was like, very surprised wow, that's a lot for a first event dude i was sitting that's amazing there, i'm like well you know like that, that i did it i did it <laughs> that moment where it's quiet before the event and you're like i wonder what will happen now <laughs> like i set up everything like the speakers are there the mic is there the poets are coming in like 10 minutes and like you're just like oh i wonder how this will turn out <laughs> it's like it's out of my hands now yeah exactly i've done everything i can exactly and yeah over 100 people showed up uh and people performed and it was nice and it was like okay now we got to do this again and we do it again and again and again and it was and now we're here like uh uh yeah so dubai poetics happened and uh then i thought not then i developed the vision that i want a poetry community that talks to each other or experiences each other across the arab region yeah me like north africa middle east everywhere um so i decided the next spot that i wanted to form was beirut or lebanon because I know like art is very rampant there and I like I visited Lebanon a couple of times and I really liked the vibe there so I started Beirut Poetics okay and once we have Dubai Poetics and Beirut Poetics we formed the Poetry Hood which is like the the over over, overarching thing exactly Mm. the overarching umbrella of uh, these two poetics is Poetics. Poetics. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then eventually, like, the vision is that there will be a poetics in every single country in the Arab world. So, That's Jeddah awesome. Poetics, Amman Poetics, Cairo Poetics, so on and so forth. Yeah. Something you said in your, like, listening to that story is. I resonate with it a lot because that's kind of the experience I've had with, the, like, my podcast. It's funny when. Mm you start doing something that you genuinely like love like for example poetry you're passionate about it you love doing it and it's funny when you like start doing it and putting in the work towards that i don't know what how to put it into words but things and people just start like kind of coming you know like people you would have never expected and whatever and it's like a web mm. it starts with one place like you met uh for example farah and then like najib and then like from there and then like things grow and then you have beirut poetics all of a sudden now there's a community around it so it's exactly. funny that when you start doing what you love and you're passionate about it and you care i think one important thing is that you care mm. i think people resonate with that and appreciate it and they start coming you know, to you and things just start falling into place like naturally. That's what I've been feeling with with the podcast as well. Yeah. Also, I think it would be an, a, okay. You know, these moments where you're sitting there and you're like, whoa, it's like the universe is working with me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I think it, it happens like the universe starts replying to you when you're doing something a bit like selfless. So when you're doing things for other people, yeah, like you could be doing something for yourself and for other people at the same time, as long as you keep the focus on the other people, I feel like the universe comes to you and like gives you things. This is very philosophical, but uh, this is how I feel sometimes. Uh, another example is like, I luckily happened to start dating my girlfriend, Melda, while we were doing Hamburger Generation. 
and like without Melda, really, like she does all the design work. Like, oh no way! Yeah, like oh, okay. that logo is from her. That we had a logo before that. It was so bad. <laughs> I remember, you, I remember you, you posted once. I think you guys the the iterations of like what it started yes. and what you guys ended up with, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly, like all the brainstorm like logo. They were like you look at them. You're like, how could you have gone with that? Like. <laughs> But the thing is, we had no option. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just luckily that Melda's there, and she, she, she decided she took it upon herself to like help us and create the logo and like, you know, there's these posts that I was talking about mm-hmm. with uh, the templates of each episode. Like she created that, uh, you know, so on and so forth. And then, so that's like something the universe gave us yeah. while we were doing Hamburger Generation. Um, and yeah, it just keeps happening. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. You can't really ex- you can't really explain it. And it's such a nice feeling. Yeah, it's an it is a very incredible feeling. It's a very like I feel very grateful, super grateful. I'm very humbled mm. that like, you know, from the support that I've gotten and the point for me you were asking before we started like was there a turning point? Yes. And there was I don't know if this was a, ter- a turning point, but it kind of gave me it was like the first time I truly felt that the aim what i was trying to do the aim of helping people actually happened so this uh this girl that i knew in amsterdam random like we'd met like a couple times like so some girl we met through like a friend uh-huh. and a few weeks ago i posted an episode and she reached out and with it was the episode was with uh, may she was the, a relationship coach and she reached out to me she's like mm. khalid thanks so much i just booked an appointment with her for her to help me like with my own stuff and also i love your podcast so for me amazing that that's it you know at the end of the day that's my end goal like to help like i did that and someone in a different country in a different part of the world was able to like get help mm-hmm. in something that they're going through because of the thing i've been doing for me that was the most like I can't, rewarding yeah, yeah i guess rewarding i couldn't put words to you know describe that feeling uh, it actually helped yeah it actually helps <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> But a lot of the, a lot of my friends like mess around with me now, like on the WhatsApp groups, like hope I like because I always say like hope it helps. I hope it helps. You know that's but it's so weird now when I say it, I feel like I'm like selling it, but I'm not. You know what I mean? I <laughs> yeah. just I you know what I mean? Like Lada, like, I genuinely hope it yeah, helps. Literally, that's all. And then yeah, that's funny. And then they'll be like, and then, and then they'll be like, yeah, but it didn't help, and then it didn't help me, and I'm like, listen. All I can do is hope, okay? <laughs> if it helps, great. If not, I, I ho- just hope, you know? There's not more I can do. I told the guys, I'm like, I'll double down on the hope. Maybe, you know, yeah, it'll, yeah. it'll help you a bit more. I will pray to God <laughs> harder at night. Please, I hope it helps. Yeah, exactly. Hope it helps, God. Not the branding. Help them. I actually <laughs> hope it helps. <laughs> Dude, I've always thought, you know, whenever I see you post stuff on Instagram, I always want to be like, it helped. Yeah, like sometimes I've commented and I've really wanted to like, I want a hashtag movement to start like around your podcast yeah. and it'd be like, hashtag it helped. It helped, yeah, yeah. yeah? But, some, but it's so funny that you say that because any time, like sometimes people have reached out and like some other people, like you just hear like, I get a message, like it'd just be like, it helped. Yeah. And it's like that, you know, it helps. And I'm like, yes, it helps. It helps. <laughs> Yo, yo! Shout out to all the Hope It Helps listeners. Yeah, thank you. Go guys. on Hope It Helps podcast Instagram. Start throwing hashtag It Helped yes, everywhere. It helps. Just as long as it helps. I hope it did. But <laughs> let's get this going. Yo, man! I saw I'm gonna start doing it. Yeah. Hashtag It Helped. <laughs> 
That's so funny. Yeah, man. It's been it's been yeah it's been a very it's been a very interesting experience and mm. i've met some in, like incredible people and like you said i think you made a very good point when you're doing something like, for example like I, I want this to be a business i want this to grow i want this to be more than you know what it is now i'm also starting to do life coaching so like it's all gonna like play into that eventually. oh really yeah so, so you're being a life coach or you're attending life coaching no sessions? i'm i'm so i'm started coaching like i've got a few people that i'm starting to like coach just as practice but like wow. try, try to help them and mm. i've also hopefully by next week i'm gonna start my like getting my actual certification so like i can start very cool so help you know, help people with the podcast, help people with this. And what you said is so true that like, at the end of the day, I'm not going to lie, I'm doing this. It is for me and I want to be successful and I want to have, you know, a career with this and so on. But at the end of the day, the end goal is to help people. And when mm -hmm. that is the, I think maybe the motivation or the intention behind it, like you said, the universe kind of starts to like bring things to you in ways that you never even expected. Yeah. Uh, I have a question. What's your, uh, like, what's your process in life coaching? That's a great question. Uh, that's something I'm still figuring out. So right mm. now I'm taking a, uh, a course online mm. all about starting a life coaching business. And in this course, it, it talks about developing like your method, you know, mm. like your methodology, like what would be your like, I guess, template to mm. like coach someone and then, you know, try to figure out what that is. But from the sessions I've already had with people that I've been like working with, I don't really have a methodology. I'm kind of just taking everything I've learned from the courses I've done and like the reading and everything and trying to apply it to the situation. And I'm just kind of right now, I'm just winging it. So yeah. it's still, I think it'll take some time before I get like a methodology down. But yeah, you got to like, uh, like practice yeah. in order to learn. Exactly. And uh. one thing about coaching that was a big, from the book I've been reading, really like helped me was that I always used to think about coaching as like me and the coach. Are you're like I'm going to someone who's like maybe on a higher level, like they're the expert and they I should listen to them. But from the book I read and from the coaches that I've spoken to, it's all it's not about that. You know, it's not about you having more success than the other person. It's not about that. It's about a partnership and developing a relationship between you and like your client and you guys growing together. And you're just there to help guide them to get their issues. So you guys are on the mm. same playing field. And that was a big like a perception a broke a big perception that i had and it makes me feel a bit a lot more comfortable about actually like you know going ahead i like that a lot actually yeah so instead of like okay come to me and i will life coach you no. it's more like hey why don't we partner up and life coach each other each other exactly basically yes i i am the life i'm the life coach but that all that means is i'm the person that's i'm just trying to help you guide mediate it yeah, yeah i'm just trying to help guide you to wherever you want to go i'm mm. not telling you what to do i'm not telling you how you should do it what to think it's all about and i aslan as a person like i learn from you mm. you know anything you're going through is something i can relate to something i can grow from and it's all about dealing with people and i think i want to always deal with people because we're the most unpredictable things in the world and i think that's where you grow and learn the most as a person yeah yeah that's my belief at least okay interesting yeah, yeah. i wonder um, mm. so uh, have you ever attended life coaching uh as a student i i, I haven't I, i've attended like one or two sessions i've okay. just had one or two sessions they were very interesting they definitely they were short but they they were very helpful okay it just made me realize uh a lot of things i wasn't aware of so it's theoretical yeah theoretical but with it's and it's all about like just being present with like your client, like them being there for you and mm. caring and just asking you the right questions. 
yeah and challenging and challenging you to be like to think of things in like a different way or like mm. maybe take a look at it like this you know if you look at the problem from this perspective it might not necessarily so true be that way yeah yeah I mean, sometimes you look at a problem and you look at it and it's like demotivating and you're like, oh my God, how are we going to deal with this? Whereas other people look at a, the same exact problem and they're like, oh, this is exciting. Let's figure it out. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it could be like that. Or maybe you've been thinking about a certain problem one way the mm -hmm. whole time. Sometimes you need someone else to just come along and ask you certain types of questions to make you, you come to the realization that, oh, wait, well, maybe it's not like this mm -hmm. or maybe there's a different way of looking at it yeah so that's kind of what that's kind of how it works i'm still at the early stages so i don't know you know mm. I don't, baby steps but you know yeah. i have the, i like starting this i have the same nervous the nervous like energy i had before i started a podcast you know mm. i was like oh, i don't know uh, what's gonna happen you know all this kind of stuff but then now i look back and it's been long enough now that i've done it and i'm like i've done like i've not i know this feeling i've built something out of this so uh -huh. Just remember that, you know, just come back to that. And like, it's cool at the beginning. You didn't know what the hell you were doing. Exactly. Either, and, you know, you figure it out as time goes on. Exactly. Oh, man, I remember so many times I was nervous as hell. About, really? Like so many different things. Yeah. And uh, yeah. What was the biggest thing you were nervous about before you started? Was it about that, mm. the fact that pe other people will be listening to it? Or was it just you yourself? Um, I would say the podcast, not so much, to be honest. I wasn't ever that nervous about the podcast because... I feel like the podcast is more like me naturally mm -hmm. as I am yeah. than the poetry thing. But the, with the poetry thing, I was always nervous, like starting it with like starting it with the online journal. It was it was there wasn't that much nerve. It wasn't that nerve wracking. But what was, was nerve wracking was when we were doing events. Mm, okay. I was like, oh, my God, there's black people. And like, I don't know, I got to do stuff. And so I don't know. Like, yeah, it was very, very nerve wracking. And. After you do it like a whole, whole bunch of times, to be honest, it's still nerve wracking. Like, I go yeah, to yeah, an it event. doesn't go away. Yeah, 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 it doesn't go away. Yeah, especially the events thing because you just like keep meeting new new people and you don't want to disappoint and you want to put on a good show. Um, but yeah, the nerve wracking experience is good, I think, because you go through it, you finish, and the reward is as like when you do a good job, the reward is as big as how nerve wracking you were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nerve wrecked you were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, with like, however negative it is, it will be equally positive afterwards if you succeed. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wanted to touch on something else also. I completely forgot. You're talking about nervousness and a lot of things you're nervous about when you were starting out. Uh, poetry, yeah. events. Yeah. Yeah, also like uh, poetry podcast, the podcast for the poetryhood. Yeah, that's also been pretty, like, I get nervous when I'm talking to people. Yeah? Yeah. Sometimes I want to I wanna share the questions with them so that I'm less nervous. Uh, okay, yeah. You so know you, I mean? you, know what, you know what you're expecting. You know, yeah, you know yeah, what's coming. Good. Yeah. What's like, the biggest challenge you found when it starts to interrupt you? Yeah, I know. What's the biggest challenge you found when it's just one-on-one? -on -one? What, how is it, what's, how is it so different from the, like, the, I guess your uh, typical. Yeah. Uh... Well, it's like the fact you. that I have to think of something to talk about and keep it flowing, you know? Uh, like so with Isra, obviously, we'd be talking and like I'd be more engaged than Isra a little bit, but Isra thinks of something while I'm talking. So then she jumps in when the time is right. But on this one, it's like I'm, I have to be constantly on. Like, that, da, 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 da. that, yeah, that's it. You have yeah. to be on the whole time. And imagine you're not interested. Like for for some reason, at some point, 
you become less interested about a topic or not that very knowledgeable about a topic. So you can't ask, you're not able to ask the right questions. So you're just sitting there like, okay, I'll just try to be as curious as I can and yeah. just ask a question. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's why, that's why I would say it's nerve wracking. Yeah. But I think the point you mentioned about the, I think the curiosity will carry you through when you don't have, like, if you don't have the right, you don't think you have the right question that you want to ask, mm. that curiosity is what's going to carry you. That will carry the conversation and carry you through. Cause as long as you're like, let me just learn, mm. let me just learn what, you know, this guy does or his story and whatever. And when you shift it like that, it takes it's not about asking a question. It's just about finding out more about this person. Mm, yeah, your like story. reveal more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like what else happened and how did this happen? And yeah. for me, my goal, because I do a lot of prep before the podcast, like I do research about my guests. I come up with like questions and so on. Even for us today, I, can't, I don't need questions, but like I think it just, it just helps. Of I, course, it's a know? good guide. Yeah, you yeah, need it. Yeah. It's a good guide. And I think, and my goal at the end of every podcast, I don't say this is my goal, but in, this is my personal goal. I'm mm -hmm. like, at the end of the podcast, will the person say you asked good questions oh okay Because that's my goal you know i'm trying to and when i'm thinking of like sitting down doing my prep i'm like man what would be a good question and then sometimes i write a question like that's ah, not good but i'm gonna write it anyway and you don't know what's gonna come but mm. luckily luckily not to toot my own horn uh. but the last few at the end people are like man you asked some really good questions and i'm like fucking yes <laughs> <laughs> i'm like yes that's what i want all the work, all the effort, all the like, I think, and I think people really appreciate the effort you put in, mm -hmm. into learning about them, into coming up with those questions. Yeah, dude, okay, it's an interesting thing about asking the right questions. Uh, you know, there are these shows on YouTube that I watch or whatever, random videos, and some of them are like the best interviewer, interviewers ever or, you know, people with great questions. It's it's a real skill, like it's uh it's it's like it can be like sort of like a sport, you know, in your head. Uh, I would highly recommend you check out. Uh, you might know it. Uh, what's it called? Hot ones. You know hot ones. Yeah. Yeah. So he asks some f fantastic questions. You see it in the guests. Sometimes they're like, "How the hell? Like, what are you? We're digging deep over here." Yeah. Um, also, there's another one that I probably bet you don't know about. His name is Nardwar. I do know Nardwar. You know Nardwar? Yes, sir. Oh, man. He is phenomenal, yeah, right? He, he's on a different level. I'm yeah. sorry. Like, the yeah. reaction that people get. <laughs> like, man, how'd you know that? How, what the hell? And he knows. He's like, bro, look at this thing that he found. And I don't know what. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Nar for those listening, Nardwar is a character who is quirky and funny and, like, just a bundle of energy who just obsessed with music. And he goes and talks to, uh, you know, musicians and rappers and artists. And he, he pulls out, nobody knows how, but he pulls out some of the most secretive information about the fam most famous people. Like he's, I know he's interviewed like Snoop Dogg at least three times. Yeah, yeah. yeah and every time Snoop Dogg's like, she, how the hell you know that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. Like, uh, Nardo will be like, so... <laughs> so Snoopy dog doggy dog at 17 you had this record like uh, tell us a bit about that yeah yeah like she how did you know we didn't even release that yeah exactly I don't I have you the two people you mentioned is so funny because Sean Evans I've watched I think an hour there's got compilations of the reactions of his guests oh, to yeah. the questions he's had 
So he's someone I watched a lot and like who inspires me. I'm like, okay, how do I be like that? And then when I watched Nardwar, mm. I'm like, bro, like I don't even know how I can get to that level. Like, because the questions that, like you said, the questions he comes up with is it's just weird. It's just ridiculous. Like, how do you, how would you know that? And it's not that from my perspective, how do you know that? You see the people's reaction. They're they're like mind blown, and yeah. that's why they keep speaking to this guy. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's just interesting. Yeah, he's like, how the hell would you know that? Yeah. Yeah, no, I respect it a lot. It's like you asking me right now. So, Jamil, how did that picture of yourself feel like when you were in that house in Syria that you lived on when you were like five years old? I know it's related to you some one way or another. Yeah, you yeah. That, I'll be like, what the <laughs> hell? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me tell you about that picture. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. But what I've also noticed uh, uh, about the questions is, because uh, I got this piece of feedback from someone, I can't remember what episode it was, and it was a very good point um, that, I, because the first few episodes was just, I had an idea of what I wanted to talk about, but I had no questions. So it would mm. just be free flow. And also, it was with friends, so it was quite easy. But then when I started doing questions, I noticed, okay, I can have much better conversations. That's one. But two, yeah. sometimes, like you said, it's a skill because you don't, I sometimes, the feedback I got was one of the interviews I had was a bit too, I didn't dive in, like I asked a question, the mm. guest would like give me the answer. And instead of diving deeper into that, I would jump to the next question. Oh, Do you know what I mean? So it yes. can and it can so it can pull away from that natural conversation because it's not like a question and answer thing. Hundred percent. Yeah, that's actually you've touched on something that gets me very nervous when okay. I'm doing the poetry podcast. Mm. Sometimes I feel like, oh shit, like did I jump onto the next question too fast? And after listening to the podcast recording after everything is done, I'm like, oh man, I really should have like dug deeper on that thing he said or she said and i'm like okay lesson learned yeah yeah it's just something that you have to you know get better at that's why every recording when i'm asking yeah. a question like okay i know what i'd like to ask next yeah. but i'm like okay let's try to you know get get more information or dive deeper yeah. into that point and at the same time while asking you got to keep it interesting and like keep the the speaker like engaged and wanting to share more exactly yeah, yeah. uh yeah I don't know how I'm going to tie this into this, but I kind of wanted to tell the story of uh, what I used to do with the poetry hood. Please, please. Yeah. Just because it's like funny to yeah, share. Yeah, please share. Uh, you know, check this out. So when I was when I was first starting the poetry hood, I wanted I was trying to like think of ways to like uh, get more people to hear about it. Okay? okay. So this was still like the first year. We still hadn't done any events or anything like that. But uh, one of the ways that I thought of was I would print out these flyers and i'd say hello re you know hello reader or whoever and uh we are the poetry heart. this is what we do blah, blah, blah. check us out it, we greatly appreciate it. we're trying to you know promote poetry in our region and i fold it put it in this like nice brown looking envelope and stamp it like put wax and stamp you know like a seal things? like a seal mm -hmm. exactly not like a seal, exactly a seal. A seal. A seal. <laughs> um, and I do do a whole bunch of them, and I used to like. Uh, this is called like guerrilla marketing. Mm, yeah, yeah. If uh, you've ever heard of it, but it's I'm all into that. So I would like drive around. I used to live in a compound in uh, Shruk, uh in Merdef. Yeah, yeah. So if anyone ever received one of those envelopes, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> I drive around and, like go how without driving. Actually, just walking around and go house to house, like throwing them under the door. Yeah. Uh, also, I used to go to uh, Kino Kuniya, yep, the book library, and I'd go to the poetry section 
grab poetry books and open them and throw in envelopes and just close them. So that way I like target my audience. Like whoever's reading poetry is probably gonna be interested and yeah. they find it. And so many times people found it and they just like took a picture, send it to the email, like, hey, I found this. This is so cool. Following you, something like that. Man, but because uh, you mentioned uh, uh, last time when we spoke, you mentioned that and you also mentioned that you with Hamburg Generation, you would go around and like you had, I don't know, I don't know what's a flashcard or whatever little things that you'd be like, why don't you listen to this like on our, on your drive? Stickers. Stickers, sorry, stickers. Oh, yeah, yeah no, right? no, you're right, you're right. Uh, postcards, exactly. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. It was the flyers. Yeah, yeah, the flyers. And I thought that, yeah. was, that was, a, was just a genius way to like market. <laughs> and it's it's so like, I love the name Guerrilla Marketing. So it's just mm-hmm. like, like raw and like it's but it's so creative and it's so like when you went and did it in like in Acuna, for example that is you couldn't get more targeted than that yeah you know exactly. what i mean i think that's awesome that's such a great 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 idea yeah um, i'm all i love that like when you start an initiative at the beginning because mm. the thing is with guerrilla marketing you can do it at the beginning but then later on after you get some form of following it becomes counterproductive because with guerrilla marketing, you cannot like expand to the masses, mm. or at least I haven't seen a method of guerrilla marketing where that can go th- through the masses, you know, like yeah. uh, big numbers. But uh, I love that initial part where you're just like, one extra follower means a lot to you. Of course, of course. Yeah. So that, like today, the poetry had I don't know, on, like for example, on Instagram. I mean, I don't use this as like a measurement of how successful something is, but just for the sake of quantity and numbers. Like on Instagram, th- we have like three thousand seven hundred something fifty followers. That's awesome, man. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, back then when it, we were at like six hundred followers, like when that six hundred becomes six hundred one, I'm like, yes. yes. But now three thousand seven hundred fifty. Now it's three thousand seven hundred fifty-one. It's like oh, okay, like okay, add. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I'm saying like guerrilla marketing back then. Like you, you every new follower is means so much more to you than like later on when you have a lot, like a, a lot more. Yeah. In comparison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, hamburger generation. We'd have like these like flyers like what uh, got a long drive listen to our podcast because that's where most people listen to podcasts on cars so i used to like just go th- around parking lots and just like <laughs> put them on cars did you did you were you ever able to like find out or like get, get an idea of like did that did that tactic was it did you know like i can't did that, you, you don't know yeah you don't know. i don't know yeah i couldn't know for example with the flyers in kino kuni i was able to know because some people actually took a picture and sent it and were like this is so cool blah blah blah. Mm. but with hamburger generation uh we've never had anyone tell us anything and we don't obviously notice a huge spike in the number yeah because again, guerrilla marketing is very limited. You can just how many cars am I gonna go around putting yeah. these flyers on? Yeah. Like let's say thirty cars. Yeah. Let's say fifty percent actually listens. That's that's fifteen. I we can't even notice if fifteen is like a number that increased our listeners or not. Yeah, I remember because you, you know we get millions and millions of oh, listens oh, yeah, every yeah. day. Hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Rogan, move aside. <laughs> We're the real first. Place. <laughs> Spotify, call us up. <laughs> I was telling, I was joking with the guys uh, and I told this to Hibba as well because when me and Hibba had the recording, it was like the day after Joe Rogan signed that deal. Mm. So like $100 million Spotify, which is awesome. Oh yeah, I heard. Yeah, Yeah, I'm like, you know, bald, bald. Podcast, (laughs) podcast. I'm halfway there. (laughs) I'm just a thousand episodes behind, but we'll get there. It's fine. But uh, on the Hamburger Generation, I remember uh, last time we spoke, you said there was a, 
there was a turning point and that's when you guys got on i think it was apple's apple car- podcast the, the carousel so yeah. how was how did you get there or what what they just they just reached out and were like uh we were happy to announce that we want to put you on the carousel we need a particular type of artwork so that we can put it on there and we're like oh, oh cool okay we put it there and as soon as they put us on there boom our listen counts were like much higher than like the highest ever like mm. that month where they first put us there is the highest listener count we've ever had so far yeah how many how, you guys had a couple thousand i remember at the time you told me yeah well, i mean twenty thousand. wow that, that month that particular month and now that's month, insane yeah month on month now we get ten thousand that's amazing Jimmy, yeah man ten thousand yeah ten thousand people have are listening or like have listened to your podcast and are listening to your podcast that's yeah. incredible that's an amazing achievement already man yeah we're so proud we we are we totally are we're thankful to, for every single person clicking that play button yeah uh, and, one th- and hopefully they listen all the way through <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's one thing so on on soundcloud yeah mm. you just get see plays but on Spotify is where you can see yes. how many people completed the episode, how many, you know, where did they fall off and yeah. all that stuff. I don't, uh, I don't retention like, rate. Ret- exactly. Is retention rate. Called, yeah. And it's, it's, I don't like looking at that. Cause for me, I'm like, listen, as long as you played some part of the episode and you know, you just had to listen for a couple of minutes, whatever I'm already like, thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's enough. Like for me, that's enough. Do I want you to finish? It would be great. Of course. But yeah, you know, it is what it is. But what I started doing, I, and I changed it this week because I'm like, I want to test this out. Uh-huh. So a lot of new people that would listen to, or I noticed episodes that were, that had the highest number of plays, would those would keep growing. Because okay. I felt like, okay, because if you're, let's say, a new person, you're coming to listen to a podcast. When you're, you naturally, as a person, I think you would go to the episodes that have the highest number of plays because it means like, okay, this many people seem to like this episode, therefore... Maybe I should check this one out first. Mm. So this week I decided, I'm like, let me test something out. So I've r- removed the number of plays. Like I see it, but it's not public anymore. Okay. Because I'm curious to see what would happen now. Will the same episode still get those? Mm. Will, they, will they still grow in the same amount? Or will now as a new person coming, you're going to go to rather a topic that you are interested in rather than the episode mm. that has the highest number of plays? Yeah, but the thing is, all your listeners are not just listening through SoundCloud. Most of your listeners, I'd imagine, are mm. listening through Apple Podcasts, through uh, Spotify, which don't show you the number. Am I right? Spotify shows you. Spotify shows you number of. Spotify is not very accurate though because it shows you the number of streams, which is how many people have listened to six seconds or more of an episode. But it doesn't through Spotify. Through Spotify, yeah, okay. and then it shows you the number of unique listeners so like that's an individual person that has listened to it no but like the viewer like the person who's about to listen to your podcast Mm. can they see how many listens each episode has on on spotify no yeah exactly that's what i mean it's only on soundcloud yeah it's just soundcloud yeah Yeah, yeah. exactly so as in what i'm trying to say is that if you were to remove the number on each episode you're only really changing something for your soundcloud listeners yeah, yeah, the yeah. rest, the rest, you can't. Yeah, you no, can't the, anyways. Yeah, you can't anyways. Okay. But sound, uh, I, I use SoundCloud as my, my base measurement because that's where I, uh, number one, I think it's had the most listens on all episodes. SoundCloud has been the platform. Oh, really? Yeah, which is interesting. Oh. I, I don't know Apple because there's no analytics for it. You know, they have like a beta oh. thing, but it's not yeah, very. It's beta, yeah, it's better. Exactly. Yeah, it's not very. It's not accurate. So I don't know how much sound like Apple is pulling in. 
you know to the podcast but you can find out through soundcloud on the on the stats right yeah yeah you it can tells check. you like from which app you're getting listens from mm, that's true yeah yeah, yeah. but I, again it's i don't know okay yeah i really like i don't have a good measurement of you know what that is yeah 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 but it's interesting how but then you can actually do your test then yeah exactly that's yeah. why i'm testing now i'm like let's yeah. see i'm like i'm curious to see like yeah for some reason we kind of leave it we leave yeah, the yeah, numbers no, I, out I there. Yeah, 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 you do. Yeah, which is. Uh, I don't fine. know why. I see all other podcasters, all of them hide it. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know why we leave it. Really, it, there's. I don't think there's anything. I don't uh, think there's anything wrong with leaving it. Yeah, it's yeah, perfectly fine. There's nothing to hide. But it's just curious to see. Are you like what? What resonates with you? That's mm. what I'm curious about. Yeah. Like, why did you choose to listen to this particular episode? Ex- exactly. Exactly. Because right. you don't know how many plays it has. So I, I bet it's a, it has to do a lot with the title. Yeah, and and that's something that I've noticed I want to get better at because mm. I thought, look, I was looking at even the episode today, I was like writing out the, like, what, what should it be? Cause Can I give you an advice? Please. Yeah, please. You put EP dot number. Yeah, I put right? EP number, like ha- the number, like yeah. a hashtag and then number and then the episode. Yeah, but you write EP, right? Yeah. Yeah, I would recommend removing the EP because okay. what happens a lot of times with like podcast apps, mm. you see the the title, but it's limited on your phone. You have limited screen space. space. Mm. So EP dot is already taking three characters away and you don't need it because every single episode is written It's chronological EP. anyway, yeah. Yeah, mm. it's chronological anyway, but like leave the number. Like we leave the number because yeah. it's better. To uh, track, yeah. Yeah, to track and some apps are weird like they they put the number one first mm. two three four you mm-hmm. kind of want to want your listeners to see how many episodes are out there yeah exactly exactly yeah. yeah also if you start having a different genre of episode you want to number that differently eventually in the future what do you mean as in like let's say you have two genres of episodes um and you want to separate the numbering Okay. But it's going to be on the same show. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so you're going to you're going to start saying one dash. Oh, you know? this yeah, that, that for title. this tire, uh, type of episode. And yeah, this yeah. one is uh, mm. you know whatever you're at like 70 something. Yeah. Um yeah, so my recommendation is just take out the EP, the EP dot and just so that we can number. read the entire title. Mm, that's true. That's actually a very good point. Yeah. That's a very good point. And uh and yeah, like an- another thing that we do at the beginning, we used to put we used to put the title of the episode, and then between brackets, name of the guest, guest. or storyteller. Yeah. We decided to take away the name of the guest. We're trying to make keep it as short and concise as possible. Mm. Uh, but that's for us because we are focused on the story, whereas you are focused more on the guest. I think. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know if you want to do this way or that way. I th- obviously, there's no right way. Of course. Yeah. yeah but. But, you know, like a catchy title for us seems to work very well. And I think that, and that's because there's one episode that I remember the title. And now when I look back at it, I'm like, it's way too hectic. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I could have said the same thing, but in a much simpler and like more, I, I guess, attractive way to someone. Mm-hmm. Like, it's because I wanted, I, when I'm writing the episode titles, it's kind of like, what was this episode about? Mm. And usually it's like three topics. And I noticed also like my intros are very, like I have a, I have a way that I write my intros. Mm. And though even the wording I use, and sometimes I'll be writing it and I'm like, man, don't I know any more words than this? Like, <laughs> it's always the same words. Like if anyone's I've paid attention, like you'll notice it's always the same words. I don't know why, but I just have this flow in my head. I'm like, 
I wanted to be this way. So it goes like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and welcome to the show whoever like whoever the guest is i don't know why yeah i mean keeping it concise will definitely help i have like a thick book a vocabulary book next to you yeah 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 exactly like synonyms or something what's another word for amazing uh, okay awesome wonderful great cool <laughs> um, think, uh, so i wanted to ask you about uh i want to come back to the podcast and ask you about editing Oh. this is something that takes me like it like i it's it's work like i had a day once and especially when i record oh, i wanted to get to this as well when i record virtual mm. i don't have control over how you're gonna sound mm. and it's a lot of work to like make it sound as good as possible and also like it it just takes a long time to edit i remember once i sat in that chair there for like five hours <laughs> Like five hours editing, five hours. literally. From I woke up and I sat and I edited the episode. It took five hours. Uh, must have been a tough guest. It was, no, it was a tough. It was a tough audio to deal with. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, the guest was fine. The guest was great, but like the audio itself was so stressful. Like if an episode's an hour, uh-huh. I'm probably gonna be editing for at least two. Two. Okay. Yeah, that two. sounds fair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah about yeah. two. You know, because and sometimes you don't even. <laughs> it's funny, you don't even like. When we're speaking like this, it's fine. Like we're in a room, the audio quality is great and it's fine. I don't really need to do anything. Mm-hmm. You know, I just need to maybe if I want to cut things out here and there, fine. But I go that like extra level, you know, I take, I'm taking out like this 0.001 bit yeah, of echo you're hearing. Yeah. I'm like, get out of here. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I want it to be as good as possible. So how is it editing for you? Like, how do you get through well, it? Dude, that was the same exact thing. Really? Like yeah. uh, at the beginning, I was like, no mistakes whatsoever. Must not have a bad sound anywhere. Yeah, yeah. But eventually now I've reached a point where it's like, okay, I need to focus a bit more on efficiency rather than just like absolute amazing quality, perfection, you know? The, look, people don't notice like per- perfecting at 90% could save you like an hour of work. You know what I mean? That's true. Yeah. And that's worth it. Like l- let go of 10% quality for an hour of work and be more efficient and be able to keep this sustainable is much better than like perfecting at 100%. Yeah. And maybe what, like five out of a thousand people notice? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So sometimes you got to like weigh them out, like weigh the pros and cons. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not when she like speaks sometimes on the mic, she's like, <laughs> like breathe right into the mic. It's like, God damn it. I, yeah, when you're editing, like, you're like two hours editing, it's not breathing <laughs> on the mic. Like, God damn it, it's not. <laughs> Man, on that point, that's, yeah, I wanted to bring this up and you just mentioned. So a lot of the times on the podcast, I think it's just naturally how I speak. And I don't know why this happens. And I've heard it on so many edits. Oh, but this is going to be funny. You know, like, I'll speak, I'll say my point, And then all you'll hear after, I'm like, so yeah, yeah, yeah. And then oh. it's just, I'm like, why? I'm like, I don't even remember breathing out in that way. Like, why is it there? I don't even remember breathing. Yeah. I, don't I, I was it. holding my breath. <laughs> when you guys, because I know during like quarantine, oh, I wanted to ask you this. No. So how is it doing? Because you guys did one episode during quarantine. Yeah, how, quarantine how was, was tough, man. Yeah. Like we were like, okay, what do we do now? So do we, and Isra wanted to us to record an episode. Well, we wanted to record an episode uh, virtually. Uh, and just try it out. I was o- already seeing like, you know, we're going to have issues. We're going to have problems. At the beginning, we were talking about like recording an episode with this one storyteller 
whom we really wanted to have on the podcast because she went through like an, a unique experience, especially with COVID and flying back into UAE. Mm. Um, but then we were like, okay, let's test it out between us three, like me, Isra, and Mo. And we did the whole Zoom thing. It's just like, especially with storytelling, there's like so much happening live like in when we're right there in front of each other mm. that goes away completely when you're doing it virtually yeah so we did one like sort of like a mock recording but we were gonna post it anyways and uh we just weren't happy with the result yeah so we're like look i think in this case it's better to just wait for COVID to sort of like leave us the hell alone yeah please <laughs> and uh and then go back to recording, you know, live. Yeah. Yeah. And now we're back to recording live, but we're a bit more uh, careful. Like, we're not just inviting any guests. We're yeah. just inviting, like, close people. Yeah. So we've recorded with Mo already, and I had a story, and Mo had a story. Excuse me. And then uh, we invited uh, Isra's husband's brother's okay. uh, brother, mm. and he came and told us a story. He's the one with the Arabic story. Okay, cool. Yeah really excited to share that one it's a really funny one actually uh but yeah so that's where we are right now we're waiting for COVID to become a thing of the past yeah uh so that we can start inviting more guests we have like a huge list of people that we really want to talk to so we might have a good bank of episodes because we have a lot of storytellers yeah. which is great like that's we, amazing we yeah. made good t- good use of this time during quarantine yeah to plan ahead for you know the next one things go you know exactly yeah. uh I wanted to ask you, so how was quarantine for you? For, man, quarantine for me was uh, it was kind of a blessing in disguise, to be honest. Okay. Because I there was no distraction, mm-hmm. and I had and I had just started the podcast. So the challenge was that how am I gonna you know keep producing episodes on a consistent basis? Because now I can't see anyone. So yeah. virtual became something I had to do if I wanted to continue and like continue producing content and for me i'm like i'd rather keep continuously produce content and be consistent yeah that, especially because i just started like then not like not putting out anything you know for a while yeah otherwise it might die out exactly people's minds yeah exactly and i didn't want that how many virtual episodes did you put out oh three four five mm, one sec let me try to think number no by number six eight nine ten 6, 12 8, 9, like i think six i think half of them oh, now wow, recently okay. have been virtual so but now you've moved into live all the way through no unfortunately i still can't do everything live because oh, okay. i have um like some people are in different countries some people oh are, yeah there's that yeah there's of that, course there's yeah, that yeah. as well and some people might be you know and still not comfortable with like you know even mm-hmm. here locally like recording live you know they're still a bit worried about the True. situation which is fair enough of course yeah. i remember you told me to uh to record uh virtually yeah yeah i was like nope nope if we're gonna do this we're gonna do it live <laughs> no i honestly i'm I, for us and with you i wanted to do it live yeah, it's yeah. just so much it's so much better so much better yeah man yeah. it just is it just yeah. is and f- again down to like coming back to like the audio quality man like when it's virtual it's mm. it just sounds like you're talking to someone virtually you know it sounds like a zoom call like no matter what i do to this edit like you know boost this adjust this cut that i'm always wondering i'm like is it just can i not get it to this level because i technically don't have the skills to do that or is it mm. just like that's just how it is you know what the, I mean? There are tricks that you can do to make yeah. it a bit better. Yeah. Like uh, I know, I know, Kerning Cultures talked about this and Hiba. 
what they did was the people they're interviewing in other countries, they send them uh, a is, Zoom recorder. Yeah, which is genius. Yeah, and it's then awesome. while they're having a conversation through the phone or whatever, they are recording live. The aud- yeah, the, the audio, audio on the thing, exactly. And then yeah. they just have them send it to them. Exactly. But then even with that, I was surprised when Himba was talking about how some people were even worried to have like a product, like a new product recorder. Yeah, because you're worried. Yeah. 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 Like, damn, this COVID really doing a number on us. Yeah, man. Man, it really affected a lot of people. Yeah. It's really sad what's happening, actually. Like, now we live in a world where everyone's wearing masks. Yeah. Like, that's like one of the things that I really didn't like about like how China was in the past. Like, people wear masks there yeah, even yeah. before covid oh yeah, yeah, yeah and i always thought like well like why are we so like like i don't want to have this like mistrust on the world to, mm. to the point where i'm wearing a mask and i have to like defend myself this way yeah it makes me sad going out now in dubai or wherever and seeing everyone wearing masks yeah 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 it, it makes like it's becoming a world that's a bit more closed rather than open yeah that's that's actually that's a very good point for me i'm like especially after the last few months that we've been through, mm. I'm like, listen, if I have the liberties that I have now, what, that I had before, and all I need to do is wear a mask to fit, like to fit, like to live in this new world, I'm like, is it what I want? Of course not, but you know, I can live with that. Oh, of course. You know, yeah, I can yeah. live with it. It's not the end of the world. Truly. 100%, of course. It's yeah. definitely not the end of the world. People have it way worse than this. Exactly. Yeah, yeah for so sure. Alhamdulillah, you know. Alhamdulillah. Everything's, everything's not too bad. Yeah. Yeah. So just I guess what looking ahead to the next year like the rest mm. of this year what's the goal what's the goal mm, I don't know really like the goal is keep producing keep doing stuff yeah um, yeah I don't I don't really set goals like in terms of time frame and goals in mind but I want someday to have the podcast to be something sustainable something that we see a lot of support on and uh for us to host events again yeah i okay this is actually one thing like by 2021 i really hope that we're hosting events again sure for the poetry hood for the Mm. podcast because also we had plans for the podcast like we had plans for different types of events that we can start hosting okay uh, instead of just like you know a storyteller coming on stage, I was yeah. really excited. We, we, we want to start this thing where we just set up an ade okay. in like a cafe or somewhere where people are passing by a lot, and just have a sign and saying, "Sit with us and have a chat," something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. And people, me and the saw will be there with our mics, and a bunch of mics are scattered around. Anyone, anyone passing by can just sit down, grab a mic, and start talking to us. Mm. And we talk to them, of course. So. Uh, so that was something we were like literally this close to doing, mm. but then COVID, COVID came, came. Yeah. and uh, we had to stop. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited to try that out. Mm. Uh, excited to do poetry events again. Yeah. Uh, also, so but yeah, I was saying, um, yeah, poetry events. So uh, we also came up with like a couple of different ideas for the poetry events. One which we've already tried and we want to do it again. It's called Flowetry. Okay. Which uh, we bring rappers and poets. Oh, that's cool. And uh, we get some people to rap with music and poets to perform poetry at the same time. So, that's, awesome. that's a great idea. That's, yeah. a very good, that's a really cool concept. Did you know that rap stands for rhythm and poetry? 
I do now. Yeah. <laughs> I, there you no, go. I have no idea. Hope it helps. Hope there yeah, to anyone <laughs> listening. I hope that helps. Ah <laughs> uh, man, Jamil man, this has been. I've been waiting to do this for a long time since <laughs> from where we were to now, and to have it on the record, official. That's gonna come out. So I'm really excited about it. Boom, boom. We did it. It's done. I wanted to say thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for all the help. Of and course. the support along the way I wouldn't have got here without you so thank you a lot man you and are very welcome well, we are proud of what you are doing Khaled thank you and likewise too I love what you guys are doing at HG Hamburger Generation <laughs> everyone listening check it out and as always the last message that you'd like people to go home with today the last message is don't be afraid of doing what you want and you can do it if you believe in it impossible is nothing <laughs> impossible. I was just like keep sharing quotes you can do it. <laughs> Don't listen to the haters. Haters gonna hate. Haters gonna hate. Be you. You heard it. Just here. do you. <laughs> Just do you, guys. If you want to see it happen, do it. Do it. That's what we have to do. Jamil, thanks again, man. I really appreciate it. To everyone listening, thank you guys so much. And as always, I hope it helps. Peace. Hashtag it helped. <laughs>